Today, inshallah, I want to talk about something that um, I'm sure we've heard before, but nonetheless, it's always a good reminder for all of us because of a, the world that we live in, we need to be reminded of these things over and over again. We live in a world where there is immense amount of information nowadays being spread everywhere. And a lot of that information is being spread through social media. And often what happens is that when we, when we receive information, there are two things that we would do. Either we would share it with each other, we share it, pass it on to someone else, or a lot of times we will even retain that information. A lot of times we don't realize that this information also requires its own thorough research. A lot of times we spread things without even realizing that it might be something wrong. And we are contributing to someone uh, learning something that is wrong. Although we may have the right intention, the niyyah is there, it's a very good niyyah, but a lot of times we might be spreading something that it may not be the right information. Or there could be a situation where someone comes and informs you about something, something about our deen, or something about someone else, and we have no idea about it. So today, inshallah, I want to share with you a few things from our deen, from the Prophet ﷺ, some stories from the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ on how to handle these kind of situ situations. The very first thing is that when someone comes and informs us about anything, in this day and age, often people, I've heard people say, we often go online and we check about such and such person. And I, t and I must tell you that even when it comes to the online world today, it is not enough and is not sufficient that we create a judgment about someone without doing our investigation. Even online, going online is not doing your full thorough investigation or in, is not doing your due diligence in terms of inquiry. First of all is that we find out from the Qur'an that when someone informs us about something, how would Rasulullah deal with that situation? How did the Prophet Because the Qur'an teaches us about a story that shows us the humanness of the Prophet it shows us that the Prophet ﷺ, just like you and I, he, in, he took in information, he thought this was the truth. It was only through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's uh, divine wisdom, through his divine wisdom and his revelation, that the Prophet ﷺ was informed that this is not the way as Muslims we are supposed to handle a situation like this. So the story is that there was a man by the name of Harith ibn Dirar. And Harith ibn Dirar was the father-in-law to Rasulullah because his daughter married Rasulullah Anyone know who was his daughter who married the Prophet His His daughter was Juwadiyah, okay? Juwadiyah who was one of the wives of Rasulullah So when Juwadiyah became the wife, the, the long story, the story is long about the battle that took place, but everyone became a Muslim. Harith ibn Dirar also became a Muslim. He said to Rasulullah I will become a Muslim. The Prophet said, you become a Muslim. At the same time, you must pay your zakat. And he said to the Prophet that when the time of giving zakat comes, send us someone and we will give our zakat very gladly. In fact, he even said to the Prophet I take it upon myself, my responsibility, that I will collect the zakat from everyone in my community. And when you send your person or your representative, I will hand over, I will give them the money. Now, the, the time came of the year to send someone, and the Prophet ﷺ, he sent Walid ibn Uqba. Now, Walid ibn Uqba, he remembers that there was some animosity that took place between him and this tribe that he's going to. And there are two different narrations that are mentioned. 
the first narration says that he did not even go to the tribe. Before he even got to the tribe, he built an assumption. He created an assumption in his mind that I may go to these people, but what if they harm me? He never even got there. And he turned around and he went to Rasulullah and he said, Ya Rasulullah, these people have not paid their zakat. They have refused to pay their zakat. Now once again, the Prophet just like you and I as a human, he took in information. What did he do? He got upset. And he dispatched and he sent Khalid bin Walid to go and find out exactly what's going on with them. And it is mentioned in this riwayah that Khalid bin Walid Now, on the other hand, when it comes to Hadith, Ibn Dirar, since he's seeing that no one has been sent by the Prophet in his mind, he thinks that the Prophet is perhaps upset with him. So now he and his entire community, his entire tribe, they have left their city. They're heading, they're heading towards Mecca, uh, Medina. And from Medina, the Prophet has sent Khalid Walid that go and find out what's going on. So Khalid Walid and Hadith and Dirar, they met somewhere in the middle and they began to say, he saw Khalid Walid, he asked him, where are you going? He says, I'm actually heading towards you, your, your community. He goes, why would you head towards my community? We are coming to Medina. And he said that, well, the Prophet ﷺ was informed that you have refused to pay your zakat. And he says, I did not refuse to pay my zakat. In fact, we were waiting for the messenger of the Prophet ﷺ to come and collect our zakat, but he never even showed up. They went to the Prophet ﷺ. He informed the Prophet ﷺ, and that is when this ayah came. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, O you people who believe, in ja'akum fasiqum binaba'in fatabayyanu. When someone comes to you with news, the Quran says fatabayyanu. The word fatabayyanu in the Arabic language comes to the word bayyina, means that clarify something. When someone brings you information, doesn't matter how, how truthful they are, how close they are to you, maybe a family member, may not be a family member, they may be, they may be your best friend or someone you've known for a very long time. But still, whenever this happens, when someone brings you information, you must inquire and you must seek clarification on the matter before you make any judgment. The second narration is very similar, that this man, he came, uh, Walid ibn Uqba, he came to uh, the Prophet, he went to the city, he went to this tribe, he saw Hadith ibn Dirar. And what happened was that Hadith ibn Dirar, he and his entire community, they came out to welcome the messenger who was sent by Rasulullah But this man assumed in his mind that these people are coming out to him, they're coming out to attack him and harm him. And in their mind, they're coming out to do istiqbal, okay? Where they're just coming out to welcome him. So there was a misunderstanding. He went back to the Prophet and he says, Ya Rasulullah, I went there. But they were coming out to me as if, you know, they were coming out and they were about to attack me. That's why I came back to Medina and I think they don't want to pay their zakat. Again, this, they came to Medina, they informed Rasulullah that this is not the truth. And once again, this is why this ayah was revealed. So that is why going forward, and wallahi, I tell you honestly, there are many times, even in my own personal life, where people have come to me. These are people who I've known for such a long time. And they will come and give me some information. But wallahi, till you have not done your research, till you have not sought out clarification, if you make any judgment call on that matter, 
you may regret it. In many cases, you may regret it. So that is why always seek out clarification whenever something like this happens. This is why the Prophet ﷺ also says in a hadith that, you know, imagine if you came in front of the Prophet ﷺ and the Prophet ﷺ called you a liar. Think about that for a moment. Imagine seeing Rasulullah or the Prophet ﷺ, he labels you as a liar. What would be our status in a community? What would be our status if we communicated with anyone? Because if I'm called a liar, that means that anything I say will be considered as a lie. But the Prophet ﷺ is telling us, he's almost putting a label on a person. He's saying that kafa bil mar'i kaliban, that it is enough to call a person a liar. Meaning that is enough. You have enough proof to call a person a liar. If they do what? If they just convey and they speak everything that they hear. Meaning that there are some people, they hear something and they just spread it on to the next person. They hear something and they spread it to the next person and they share it with the next person. And that's why I said earlier, even when it comes to WhatsApp, when it comes to social media, even when it comes to something online, you read something about someone, till you don't know the entire picture, we can't make a judgment about anyone in any situation. So this brings me to the next thing, that when it comes to, there's a, there's a saying of Umar al-Khattab He says that in a time of fitna, and many ulama they will say that we are today living in times of fitna. A one wrong word, in a time of fitna, in a time of tribulation, one wrong word, or one wrong statement, or one, or one piece of misinformation, is more deadlier than a sword. This is what the quote is of Amun Khattab Meaning that just like a sword, one swipe of a sword can perhaps kill somebody or severely injure somebody. Likewise, one piece of misinformation can misguide so many people. So that is why it is very important that we always are very, very careful about what we spread on to others. And this is why, by the way, subhanAllah, think about it in a grand scheme of things. In a grand scheme of things, why do you think, why do you think there are books of hadith that are asahul, uh, uh, the, that are considered as the siha sitta? You have Sahih Bukhari, who has, I mean, the book of Sahih Bukhari has the most authenticity, it has the highest level of authenticity amongst all the books of hadith. Why? Because the information that is being shared, the quote of Rasulullah, the hadith of the Prophet in Sahih al-Bukhari, there is a very rigorous process that Imam Bukhari, he went through to verify every single hadith. This is information that's coming to us about Rasulullah But you see, even in our deen, there is a concept of verifying information. Imam Bukhari, he hears something, he goes and he verifies that information. And not only that, but even in our, many of the scholars, many ulama, if you go back to them and you ask them, what is your sanad? What is your sanad? They will tell you that I study from this teacher, I study from this teacher, and they'll give you their entire chain all the way to Rasulullah wasallam, because this is a sign, this is proof and verification that this knowledge is authentic knowledge, and this knowledge has come from the proper source. The next thing that we have to also do when it comes to if we do spread misinformation, let's just say someone say someone says, 
I've already spread something wrong in the community. I've said something about someone and I did not, I not verify it and I've, sp I've, I've spread this. What do I do now going forward? You have to always backtrack and make it clear to someone if you have spread misinformation. That is your job and that is your responsibility. If a person says, well, I've, the damage is done, I won't do any more damage. But you have to realize you've already caused damage and you have, to, you have to control that damage. So if you have told two, three people, you go to those two, three people and you let them know. If you have put something on WhatsApp, for example, it's your job to remove that and do mention that I mistakenly did put something over there. I did not look into it. I found out that it's not authentic. You know, Jazakumullah khair. Something similar, something similar to that so that people know that that was misinformation and you have cleared your conscience. The next thing that's also required to do is that we always have a good assumption. In the story of our mother Aisha radiallahu anha, Allah says, لَوْلَا إِذْ سَمِعْتُمُوهُ ظَنَّ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتُ بِأَنفُسِهِمْ خَيْرًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying that when these people, they heard about our mother Aisha radiallahu anha, we know that the munafiqun were behind this. But there were few Muslims also who got caught up into this scandal. And at that time, the Qur'an says, when it comes to believing men and believing women, their job is to have a good assumption. When you hear something, you have a good assumption. Look, even in this country, what do we say? You're innocent until proven what? Guilty, right? We all believe in this. You're innocent until you're proven guilty. Meaning that if I don't have enough proof and evidence, I cannot call a person guilty. And this happens, this by the way, has happened in our Muslim communities. With many people, people get arrested. People, something, something happens to someone, someone comes to the news. And everyone, without even knowing the entire story, everyone starts pointing fingers at each other. Once again, till we don't know all the information. Just like in the story of our mother Aisha radiallahu anha, till we don't know the entire story, we are to remain quiet. And that is why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, right before the wahi came from Allah, the Prophet went to our mother Aisha and he's saying that I don't know who's right and who's wrong. I don't know if something has been done by yourself or not. And that's why he's telling Aisha عنها, that if you are guilty, then make a sincere tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you're not guilty, then we will wait for some wahi from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But even Rasulullah after all this, he still cannot make a decision. And this teaches us a very powerful lesson that till we have not done our thorough inquiry, we have not heard both sides, to make a judgment about anyone is absolutely wrong. And finally, I will say this regarding information or spreading misinformation. This happens a lot, by the way, in families too, okay? There's a lot of this that goes into families. He said this, she said this, and it just goes around like wildfire in, in, a, in a family. And this is how communities are destroyed. This is how families are destroyed. Wallahi, there are times when I have, I, you know, people have come to me. Th things have been said about each other in a family. When you go a little deeper into the family, you find out that there was simply a misunderstanding. So that is why, even within our families, if I hear that my uncle says something about me, or my aunt says something about me, my sibling says something about me, my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, my parents, anyone said anything about me, or any one of us, we first find out what is the truth behind it. Is this the actual truth or not? And especially, especially, you see this happening in families, even post-divorces. Even if there's a divorce that takes place, 
I say this to all the people who get divorced eventually. I tell them, no one has a right to badmouth anyone else. Even if you have children and there's a husband and wife who have been divorced, okay, fine. They got divorced. But the father does not have a right to badmouth the mother of the children. And the mother does not have a right to badmouth her, the father of the children in front of the children. They should not be doing this. But wallahi, you know how many times in families, children are a piece. They become a pawn in this, in this chess match. In this battle, this very dirty battle between the, the mother and the father. And the mother is sp speaking ill about the father. And the father is speaking ill about the mother. And wallahi, the children, they have to... Unfortunately, they have to suffer the consequences of the actions of their parents. I mean, children don't deserve this. And this is why I've said this before. If there's one thing we should never talk about in front of, uh, talk about in front of our children, we should never talk about each other. Because children in any marriage, if they, if they see that parents are spreading misinformation about each other, and they can take a side, they will take a side. Trust me. This is what children are. They will take a side. So that is why even if there's an unfortunate situation of a divorce, even in that situation, people need to respect each other. Do not poison the mind of your children. Do, whether it's you are the mother, whether you are the father, you do not have a right to poison and just put misinformation about your significant other or the mother of your children or the father of your children in their mind. So inshallah, we keep these things in mind inshallah when it comes to misinformation. And once again, the Prophet ﷺ, he teaches us how to handle misinformation or any kind of information that spreads in the community. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us tawfiq to apply the sunnahs and the teachings of Rasulullah in our life. Ameen Rabbil Alameen. Wa jazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.